Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. Hey everybody and welcome to the show. I'm David and uh, I'm excited today because we're going to talk about choosing a lighting console. And if you've been around Learn Stage Lighting, if you've been around, you know, my stuff that I do here, you know that I I spend a fair amount of time talking about choosing lighting consoles. Why? Because ultimately, the, the great analogy that was given to me years ago by somebody was that even though you're the brain of your lighting rig, you are, what you, what you do is the brain, your lighting console really is, is kind of half your brain. Um, I may have just butchered that, but the truth is, when you choose a lighting console well, you're able to do the things that you want to do with the lights. And it's not going to be, it shouldn't be, overly frustrating or or overly complex to learn. Flip that with the opposite. When you get the wrong lighting console in play, you're frustrated all the time with how it works you can't get it to do everything that you want it to do. And ultimately, um, it may not even have the features that you need to accomplish with the lights what you want. Now, I to start this off, actually, before we get into this, um, I want you guys to check out, if, if you haven't been here before or you've listened to the podcast or whatnot, um, I, I want you to check out a couple things. The first is learnstagelighting.com slash quiz. Okay, this is a really simple place where you can just go and get a free guide that I have for you to get started with lighting. It's going to walk you through what you need to get started. The reason why it's called quiz is because it asks you it asks you a couple questions to send you the best guide for you. So how cool is that, right? Um, and so that is learnstagelighting.com slash quiz. I want you to check that out. And then also, um, I've got a new review that came in. I actually just started... Um, added to a new uh, service here that um, sends me the reviews again, which is great. Um, so SJ Voigt, um, I believe that's the way to say it, um, V-O-G-T in the U.S., um, wrote in and said, I found this podcast a while back. It's an awesome source of real information and not just sales pitch from a vendor. It has taught me so much about lighting design and fundamentals and doesn't just focus on how to get geeky with a console. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> just thinking about today's episode. I love the Q&A. Q I was just, oops. I got to click on it to get the rest of it. Uh, I just asked my first question. Didn't know I'd get a response. I got a response. Thank you, David. I'm hoping to join the labs soon. Awesome. So glad for that. Thank you uh, for leaving that review. And and all of you guys can leave reviews at learnstagelighting.com slash iTunes. I think that's the right link. If it's not, if that doesn't take you to the place, uh, Kari will get it in the show notes because she is awesome and she does a great job with them. Um, but um, ultimately... You know, we're going to talk about lighting consoles today. I'm thankful for um, SJ Voigt's review. I don't know if he's a lab member yet or not, but regardless, um, you know, he learned something from this podcast, and I hope you have too. And, you know, if you have actually, if you've been here before, I've talked about things for people who haven't been here before. Um, go ahead and, and leave that review at learnstagelighting.com slash iTunes. You can go ahead and leave that review on iTunes or on Stitcher. Um, I think those are the only two places that actually take reviews um because like google podcast does not 
they just kind of suck them in from iTunes. Um, same with Spotify, I believe. But regardless, um, getting back on the train, um, thank you uh, for leaving that podcast. I think his name might be Steven. I don't know. But regardless, getting back on the train here. Um, while Steven mentioned this, this you know, podcast and the things I talk about is not just about geeking out on the console. Um, I think what he was getting at is actually a lot of the point of today's show. And that point is that geeking out on a console is cool, right? There's a lot of people online, uh, especially teaching MA stuff, which is a, a very vast console. They geek out upon things and that's great. But at the end of the day, my number one goal here is not to have somebody walk up to you when you're doing lights somewhere and say, oh, is that a, did you use such and such a light or such and such a console? I could tell because it looked so great or you did this complex thing or whatever. Um, That's a little weird and doesn't usually happen in our world, but sometimes it does. I've been known to walk up to people, but regardless, um, but my goal is rather that people walk up to you, people you don't know, your friends, whoever, walk up to you, uh, like what happened at a corporate show to me recently, and they say something like, wow, that just looks so great. Um, I, I appreciate the uh, the emphasis you put in timing. I appreciate the emphasis that you put in just the care and detail of putting this together made it look really great. I've had clients say that to me. Um, the comment I was thinking about actually at a corporate show recently was about the sound because when you do corporate events, um, as I do, you get different audiences in there every week and, and you're they're in there for a couple days. And often somebody will walk over to me or to the production manager or to a video guy and say, wow, the sound is so great. Why? Because they all think we're sound people. I don't know why. Uh, it's kind of... Uh, <laughs> It's just kind of a thing. But regardless, um, this actually brings me to another point before we talk about um, choosing the right lighting console and and a bit more about how to. I'm not, um, we'll get into that, but um, kind of my next point when I get to it is that um, choosing the right lighting console is really important. As I've mentioned here, you know, it's it can be really frustrating if you get the wrong one. It can be really um, smooth much more smooth sailing if you get the right one and you can do the things you want to do. But, and there's a big but here. The big but here is that um, it's not about the console. So a lighting console ultimately is just a tool. There's a lot of good ones out there. And by when you invest in yourself and you invest in doing great things with your lighting um, and, and improving yourself, then you're going to learn and you're going to be able to create great lighting on any console. And that's why, you know, we just finished up July over on YouTube at wherenstagelighting.com slash YouTube. Uh, We just finished up a series that was called Five Minutes to Better Lighting. And I literally, I don't think I named a console all month long, or at least I tried not to. And the reason why, and you'll see it right on the the home screen of that YouTube page um, of our channel. And the reason why is that if you spend the time and you learn how to do great things with lights, then you can carry that to any console. Uh, I, I like to share stories sometimes of times where I've seen lighting designers on the simplest, most basic, even restricted, you know, consoles that aren't very helpful. Uh, and 
you know, somebody gets on this console, very basic, very basic light rig, but they know the music maybe, and they know things about doing great lighting, and they create an awesome show. Now, I say that just as a start here to say, hey, you know, if you can't change your console, if you're stuck with something and you know it's not the best thing, you need to go ahead and and make lemons out of that lemonade and do the best that you can. Actually, that's something I've been talking to um, my volunteers at church about lately. I, I Many of you guys know I'm a volunteer church tech director, um, as well as all the other hats I wear around here. Um, and my church, it's a small church, um, you know, about to um, over 200 in attendance most weeks. Uh, and so, which is really the average size church in America. And, and I tell my guys, and, and we've been overdue for a long time for some upgrades. Okay. But the money just hasn't been there and that's fine. Um, but you know, I've been telling my guys, Hey, we can get in the habit. I can get in the habit as well as my other guys of getting frustrated with some of the gear we have, some of the things that hold us back that we're constantly having to compensate for as we work. Okay. And this analogy works with lighting as well too. Um, and, but rather, um, there's no reason why we can't still make our best service while we still can't do an excellent job, even though the gear's not right. Okay. So, I say a lot here, this was a lot of intro, because I want to make sure that I preface this correctly, because I don't want to make this what it often turns into um, on, you know, Facebook. If you go to a Facebook group, and I don't love Facebook groups, I actually heard on a podcast, the Church Tech Arts podcast, go look that one up if you're in the church world, it's excellent. Um, or the Church Tech Weekly, I think they call it. Um, It's an excellent podcast. But they were talking recently about how they're so frustrated with Facebook groups. Why? Because usually the people often that in these groups can have the most authority when making a recommendation are the people who are the most active, the most visible in the group. But the kicker here is that uh, the people that real often really know what's going on, and this isn't always the case, there, there's good people in there sometimes, but a lot of the time, a lot of the people that, that really know what's going on and could give you a good recommendation, they're not in those groups because they're out there either doing shows, um, designing installs, you know, helping people personally or whatever. Um, and that's always been kind of my thing is I went for a while where I would spend time in Facebook and, and, and answer questions on groups and stuff. And, you know, that's fine. I don't, I don't mind it. But at the same time, when, you know, when you answer something on Facebook, this is my, my deal with it or a forum or anything like that. Well, forums are better than Facebook actually, but they're not popular anymore. Um, it goes away in like 10 minutes because Facebook is not really searchable. You can technically search, but it doesn't work well. Um, you don't get the results you want often. And so it's like, I'm going to spend my time, you know, typing out a post to somebody. And then in the future, nobody's going to be able to find it, even if they have the same question. So I'd rather go ahead, instead of making a Facebook post, I'd rather um, answer the questions I see a lot on a video on YouTube or on, um, oh boy, today might be Soapbox Day, or on an article or on a podcast. Because these things that I get to make here and share with you, um, and I'm thankful for all of your support, it, they, um, these are the things that 
will be around in 10 years, that someone can do a web search with whatever search engine we're using, whether that's Google or something else, and they can find this result. And so that's another thing that frustrates me so much, and I hope none of you do this, but there are people who jump into these Facebook groups and other places online, and they just ask a question and they're like, please help me, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And they kind of expect for free that the world's experts are just going to pop in and tell them what they need to know. And when the world's experts don't, this is where I was originally getting, they get either a lot of conflicting answers or they'll get, um, they'll often go into, say, a Facebook group that has a lot of professional lighting designers and they're a church or something else. And they'll just get, you're always going to get the answer if you ask like, okay, what's the best lighting console for me? You know, here's some information. You're always going to get whatever person's favorite console. Like, there's a guy on the Facebook groups, uh, I don't remember his name, but, you know, you, you see all these professional designers and they're all recommending, they say, oh no, MA all day long, oh no, Onyx all day long, oh no, Vista all day long. And they'll go on and on and on and on and and recommend their favorite console. But what a professional's favorite console is, is not going to be the best thing for you necessarily. In fact, a lot of times it's not the best thing for you. And it is an important decision because I have watched, and I was talking to somebody the other week about this, I have watched places and people and venues and production companies and hobbyists go out there and spend 10 grand or more on a console only to realize down the road that they really needed something that was a third of the price or less. Okay. And then they're frustrated because um, they're frustrated because, you know, they were led by someone that this is what they needed. And sure, the person who recommended it to them, um, they totally, you know, completely, um, you know, they believed that they were making the right recommendation because what they see through their eyes of being a professional every day is, okay, you know, this is the console that, that works great, where everything's awesome, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so, um, and so, all this to say, um, let's let's get into the meat here. You know, I, I've talked about a lot so far, and I think it's all been reasonable. But why, you know, how do we choose the right lighting console? And I'm actually going to follow up this podcast on YouTube um, probably in September um, because I, I'm usually about a month ahead on YouTube. But I'm going to start getting more ahead um, because my wife's going to have a baby. Um, but regardless, um, in uh, January probably. So um, I need to get ahead. But regardless, um, you know, choosing a lighting console uh, is one of those tough things. And and this is also reflections on um, Sweetwater's Gear Fest. And I feel like, because um, I went there and I, I helped NTech with their booth, but I feel like, um, you know, like the reviewer, um, SJ Voigt, I believe, uh, said this week, um, and I'll make sure I copy that in the show notes, um, but, you know, like the reviewer said, um, if you ask a manufacturer's rep, you know, if you ask a vendor, basically, for their opinion on the console you should use, they're always going to tell you their console, right? 
even if it's not the right thing for you. And so my goal here on Wednesday Delighting has always been um, that I'm going to recommend the right console to you, whether or not I get any sort of kickback from it, whether I teach it, whether uh, I, I don't care. My job here is to provide training and provide solutions. And, you know, that's what I get paid for. I, I don't get paid um, a lot for recommending consoles and stuff. That's a very small commission a lot of the time through Amazon or somewhere else. Um, like, like he gives me one. But most often, and what I'm most concerned about is recommending the right thing over recommending something that pays me. Because my goal here is to provide training um, and get people to make great lighting, not to sell consoles. Um, and so getting off that soapbox, um, how do you find the right console for your needs? I've heard it said, and I heard it said recently, actually, Eric Loader from Elation, I believe, was on uh, the Geezers of Gear podcast, which is another great podcast. Um, we'll link to that in the show notes as well. I don't think there's going to be more than one thing called Geezers of Gear out there. So, Kara, you should be able to find that. Um, pretty easily, but it's from the guy guys at Gearsource.com. Um, yeah, Gearsource.com slash page slash geezers seems to take you there. Uh, but there, there might be a better page. Um, just at Gearsource.com, they've got a banner. But anyways, the Geezers of the Year, great podcast. Um, and Eric Loader from Malaysian was on there, and he said, choosing a console is a very personal thing for people. Um, because once you kind of get used to a console and a way of working... You find it hard to see the world in a different way. You find it hard to program differently. And that's probably the reason why a lot of professional lighting consoles kind of look and work the same today, okay? When you get up there and you're looking at professional lighting consoles, um, Avo Lights is different, but Hog, MA, and Onyx, and Camsys, the four major consoles, have a ton in common. Camsys kind of leans off to the side a little bit towards Avo lights, um, but also retains a lot of what these other consoles have. And as a lighting des designer, I can tell you that I can go from console to console to console pretty quickly and, and, and remember, you know, the nuances of each console and be up to speed pretty reasonably quick because they have a lot in common. And so getting back to lighting consoles being a personal thing, um, and getting back to reflecting on Sweetwater's Gear Fest and, and talking to manufacturers, reps, and that whole game. Um, and I love a lot of those people and I know them and I work with them. Um, you've got to choose the right lighting console for you. So how, how do you get there? Well, I, I work with people a lot, as you probably know, inside of Learn Stage Lighting Labs. That's learnstagelighting.com slash labs, as well as recommending things to people here in the podcast and on YouTube and in articles. And there's two or three things. I'm actually thinking about putting like a quiz together uh, to help you find your right console because there's two or three things that um, hit me up at laurenstainsleading.com slash contact. Actually, if you think that's a cool idea, kind of a find your console quiz. Um, it might get pretty complex, but there's two or three things that you really got away when choosing a console. Because if you come up to me and you say, okay, I'm lighting, say, a band or a DJ or a church thing. I've got, you know, four moving lights and 10 LEDs and some conventional lights, a handful of those. And I need to know what console to use. 
I'm going to have to dig deeper, okay? A lot of people would just go there and recommend, oh man, this is for you. And I actually saw this at Sweetwater's Gear Fest. A guy came up to the Entec booth, he came talking to us, and he said, well, those guys over there are recommending this. And those other guys over there recommend this. They say it's the best thing that I need. Um, so what do you guys have? And before I even mentioned any Entec products or started talking to them, I said, hey, I want to know more about you and about how you want to run your show. Because every console has a way um, that it's designed to work and that it's designed to program and that it's it's built around kind of a general philosophy um, as to what it does and, and how it does it, okay? And the reason why it has a built-in uh, kind of, um, you know, methodology to it or a built-in, um, you know, workflow is because it speeds things up. There are lighting consoles out there, such as the Grand MA in the uh, PRG um, Virtuoso series, I think they call them like the V676 uh, and stuff, that start out incredibly blank. And you can't literally build it any way you want. Um, a lot of media servers for video are this way too. And the downside to that approach, while the upside is you can do anything you want and it's it's easy to, to build it to the workflow the way you want exactly, um, the downside to that is that it takes a lot longer to set up. And so lighting consoles are always somewhat predisposed to a certain way of working because it gets us to making great lighting much faster. Okay. Um, it get it's, it's, it's kind of a necessary evil because, um, while it puts us in a box, it also helps us to decide what console is right for us. So when we're deciding on a console, it's important to look at, you know, starting with the end in mind. Okay. How do I want to run my show? Meaning, is someone operating the show? Is someone physically going to be sitting down and operating that show? Or do I need to run it in some sort of automated fashion? And there's a big difference there because a lot of lighting consoles and softwares are built with the idea in mind that there's going to be someone sitting there and running it. And this guy that I talked to at Sweetwater's Gear Fest, I don't know if what he ended up going with, um, he, that gentleman, went ahead and he was, you know, really ready to buy something from a different manufacturer. And then as I was talking to him, he said, well, we'd really like to be able to run things from stage and have a great show. At which point I said, well, if you buy their console, and this is me as David learning stage lighting, not me as David helping Intech at the trade show here. And I know it's a fine line, but if you go with that other console, it's designed to have someone actively running things. It has no built-in way to automate things or to run things from stage simply like Entex DMXs does. While DMXs might be a little bit slower to program than this other software, you're going to gain back so much function because the playback is designed for exactly how this guy needed to play things back, right? He's in a band, um, and he needed to run things from stage because he doesn't have anybody dedicated to run the lights and definitely, you know, no money, no money in a small budget on a small show to pay someone dedicated to run the lights. And so he could do a much better job running it from stage. So 
the first question you got to ask is, how are you going to run this, right? NTEC DMXs, like I just mentioned, is often my pick when people ask me for a console they can run from stage. But if people don't want a console that they're automating to their music or running from stage, then I'm probably going to recommend something else. Sometimes I do recommend DMXs if they're doing something really simple, but a lot of times we'll go and we'll recommend something else if they're not trying to run it from stage because that's not how that particular console or software is designed. So first step, okay, how do you want at the end result to play back your stuff? Because you can go out there and have the most beautiful light show programmed in the world, but if you can't run it during the show, and you don't have somebody who is going to do a great job with the timing and hitting the right things at the right time, then you've just wasted all your time and money on a console and on programming for something that you can't play back right, okay? So you got to figure out, okay, playback-wise, what do I want playback to look like, okay? Do I need faders? Do I need buttons? Is just on-screen going to be okay? And, and this may require some testing, some downloading of demo software, watching tutorial videos, etc., but you first got to ask, how do I want to play things back? Then you want to ask, how many lights and what type of lights do I want to control? Because some, especially older consoles and software, are really designed around conventional lights and maybe some LEDs, okay? One particular offender um, is the Jan Stage CL. I'm not going to drag it through the mud right now, but it's not my favorite console, Um because it can only do conventionals and LEDs. It literally can't control moving lights. I mean, sure, you could fake it, but it's really cumbersome and painful to program if you would do that, okay? And so if you came to a place, you, you want to look at, okay, what am I controlling now, and what am I looking to for the future? Because I've watched a lot of churches and other venues buy these stage CLs, okay? They drop, what, 1300 bucks, I think, on a, on a stage CL? And then, like, a year later, they want to get some moving lights. Actually, thirteen fifty. So there you go. Um, a year later, they want to get some moving lights, and they got to either run some kind of software side by side with the CL, or sell the CL and get rid of it and get something else. But regardless, that's not something you want to do a year into buying a lighting console. And now I've gone into lighting console memory lane because it took me to eBay and I see Hog 1000s for sale. What a wonderful desk that was. Uh, but anyways, I'm, <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm getting off track here. But so you want to go ahead. You want to go, okay, how am I going to run this then? What do I need to control now? What am I intending to grow into later, if, if anything? And you got to look at what is that console or software designed around and optimized for. Some consoles do LEDs and conventionals well, but don't do moving lights. Other consoles are designed with moving lights and LEDs, things like that, um, in mind, but then they don't do well with conventionals. And so if you had all conventional lights or mostly conventionals and a couple LEDs, I would not recommend to you using a moving light style console like Onyx most of the time. Um, if you're trying to, you know, do it for no money and you can use Onyx for basically free, um, you know, or, or inexpensive with some basic hardware, then sure, you know, go ahead with that. But but if you want something that controls conventional lights really well, I would look at something completely different. I wouldn't look at Onyx, okay? 
um, because that's not its strong suit. All right, so what are you controlling? Then you want to look at what is your complexity level, okay? So how... This is the toughest one I find when explaining to people when trying to figure out what console they want, etc., etc. Because there's a lot of software out there. There are a lot of consoles out there. And the trade-off you're always going to have with a lighting console or with software is that it's going to be generally more complex to learn versus um, complexity in what you can program. So when you have a console that can do more complex things, generally, as a rule, it's going to be more complex to learn how to use it. And that makes sense, right? If it can do more, it's going to take longer and it's going to be harder to learn exactly how it works because there's just, there's more to cover, right? So, and so you got to ask yourself, and this is the hardest, the most introspective part, and the part where, you know, you want to go download some demo software, try stuff out, because you got to say to yourself and figure out, okay, is the wall that, uh, that this console is going to hit, the end of its kind of, um, you know, the end of its abilities in a certain area, whether it's with effects or queuing or playback or physical controls, you say, when I start using this and I, and I hit a wall with something, is that going to frustrate me to no end because I want to get more complex lighting? Or is the opposite true about you where you would rather have something that's quicker to use, that's simpler to get started with, that you can get it programmed to get done with it. You don't need to be super complex. You, you just want to go, you know, learn quickly, get it done. Um, then you're happy with it. Maybe you'll make some tweaks over time, but you don't want to get super complex. Okay. And that's a question that I can't answer for you. That's a question that we got to dive in and get you to answer um, because there's no clear answer there. That's the toughest part. Because I've watched people with literally pretty much identical lighting rigs, okay? Maybe they both try Onyx. One of them says, hey, this is the best thing since sliced bread. I can't believe I can do all this stuff. I love how it works. Sure, it took a while to learn, but... It's totally worth it because I get to do everything that I wanted to do. Then another person, same lights, you know, same lighting rate, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the, another person goes in and says, okay, you know, they try Onyx and they say, you know, this is too complex for me. I don't need this level of control. I'm okay with something more basic. And they might try you know, they might look at the videos for the Work Pro Light Shark or try Entech D Pro um, and find, hey, this is perfect for my needs. It's quicker to learn and I can do everything I want. And there's not the biggest thing that I see with a, comp, a professional level console like Onyx. And I love Onyx. You guys know that if you listen here. But the biggest thing that I see is that people will go in and they'll accidentally change something that they didn't mean to change they'll touch a feature that they didn't know was there and they'll mess up their show or somebody will be helping them with the lights right i'm using that in air quotes uh, and they mess something up and then the original person has to fix it because the other guy's gone or gal is is totally gone right you know and they don't know what they did either and so while i would love to always push 
people to Onyx. And I would always love to push people to the most professional, to the most complex thing. And this is what happens, uh, you know, turning around. This is what happens on those Facebook groups is you get professional lighting designers who see the need, who see, okay, you know, I want to run a professional show. And if somebody wants to run a professional, a great show, they want a professional level console that can do everything, can be programmed to how you need, and they're professionals, so they've already done the learning it takes to learn this thing. And so when somebody says, hey, for my church, I need something, we need to control five lights, you know, people are going to go and say their favorite console because it's what they're most familiar with, and it's what generally as a professional they're used to. But a lot of times it's way overkill for the person asking the question, and it's not the right thing. So... Just to recap, I know this is getting um, this is this is a lot of information, and what I'm want to do on YouTube uh, in September, I think, is put out a video that, and it could get long. It could be multiple parts. I'm not sure yet, but put in a video where I go through every console that I recommend, and I talk about that console. I talk about its direct competitors in the market, the ones that are similar to it that a lot of people recommend. I compare and contrast them, and then I compare and contrast them to other consoles that I recommend, like I've done here, to say, hey, you know, this is how you know that this console's right for you versus that one versus that one versus that one, okay? Because ultimately, I want to help people make the best, you know, and, and most informed decisions and really be able to do the best with lighting that they possibly can, okay? So... Um, whew, that's a lot on consoles, but just short recap, like I mentioned before is, Hey, you know, you've got to look at a console and first and foremost say, can this thing do playback? Can this thing play back the lights the way that I need it to? Do I need to run it from stage? Do I need to have somebody running it? Do I need it to run completely automatically on a schedule for like an architectural thing? You know, there's different consoles that are going to cover all those needs. Then you're going to ask, okay, you know, what fixtures, what lights am I actually controlling with this? And is the console, not only can the console do it, but is the console optimized to do a good job at it? Then you got to ask yourself, okay, um, and hopefully I'm not forgetting anything here that I mentioned. You got to say, okay, what level of complexity and control do I want in my programming and playback? And will this console give it to me? And that third part is the most personal part. That's where I get students in the labs where I start recommending something to them. They try out the software or the, you know, they look at the videos and they say, you know what? I feel like I'm going to get going with this thing and I'm going to want more. At that point, I say, hey, you got to move up to something like Onyx or whatever the next level is. Maybe they're going from DMXs to the D Pro or Light Shark or Light Key on the Mac. Um, you know, they're saying, hey, this is, I'm, I'm feeling like I know I'm going to hit a wall with this. I'm going to want to move up. So let's do that from the start. And then I say, okay, then this is the one that would be a good next step for you. But, and there's a big but, it's going to take more time to learn. It might be a little, you know, there's going to be more of a learning curve for you. And there's always that trade-off, okay? So the best console is not always the most professional console. Because we can get started with something like Onyx for free, right? Or for just, you know, 200 bucks or less with a simple interface. And a lot of people have done that, but that doesn't make it the best thing, right? 
a lot of times I get people that come into the labs and, and they've been sold Onyx by someone and they learn to use it and they love it. But sometimes I get somebody where they're, they're sold Onyx or another solution that I recommend, you know, any of these consoles. And I start diving into their situation and I say, I think, you know, we start talking and I say, hey, you know, in the forums, I, in our forums on Learning Stage Lighting Labs, I say, you know, I think we're both sensing here and we're both starting to see that this is not the right fit for you, even though it's what you were sold. And then we start talking about plan B. And so at the end of the day, choosing the right lighting console for your needs and for your desired complexity level is so important because when you're using this, you're either going to go, hey, this thing frees me up to do what I need or this thing is not too complex, I can quickly do what I need, or you're going to be saying, ah, I wish I could do this. Ah, I wish I could do that. Ugh, I wish that I was able to control all my lights out of one console. Ah, I wish I could, um, you know, get the, the linear control that I need, whatever the question is. So, well, I don't want you to be there. I, I want you to be in a place where you get the console that's right for you that allows you to do everything you need to do but isn't too complex and fits your needs for playback well. So, as we talked about at the top of the show, guys, a um, couple things, actually. Um, go check out the quiz if you're new here, learnstagelighting.com slash quiz. It's a great way for you to get a free guide to get started with lighting in your particular type of lighting, whatever that may be. Um, and just click the orange button on that page. You answer a few questions, enter your email, and we'll send you a guide. Okay? Um, pretty simple. So, And it also, some of the questions also I can look back and it helps me um, design courses and things like that around what you guys need in, in YouTubes. Okay? So, with that said, um, also guys, Patreon. Uh, patreon.com slash learnstagelighting or learnstagelighting.com slash patreon both get you there um, if you like what you're hearing on the show if you like that for about 40 minutes here today i've taught you for free about consoles um, check out our patreon it's a great place where you can go ahead again patreon.com slash learnstagelighting or learnstagelighting.com slash patreon it's a great place where you can just put in a couple bucks a month into my proverbial hat and and you can go ahead then and help support what we're doing here. Help pay for the podcast. In fact, if if we get up to um, 150 bucks a month, I'm going to go back to four podcast episodes. We're, we're taking a break from that because I just don't have the resources to produce those episodes to the level of quality that I want to, and I don't want to rush them. So we, we hit that tier, guys, um, and I would love to produce four podcasts each month, but it's only going to happen with the community chiming in. So please do help there. And if you want help and assistance uh, with your lighting, as well as access to a library of great training videos and personal interaction in the forums, check out Learn Stage Lighting Labs. It is a great way. We've got, um, I just got a note the other day from somebody who just mentioned how much it helps them, how much it shortcutted their way to great lighting. And then I will see you guys next week here on the show. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't. And it's going to be exciting. In two weeks, we're going to answer your questions. They're piling up here. Hopefully, I have enough time to answer them all. And uh, I can't wait to be back in your ears. Thanks. <laughs>